all the cool cats and kittens are cussing. Be advised. Hey y'all, I'm Jen. I'm from Oakland and I'm an androgynous, black, lesbian, feminist, and a lover of all black people. This is Darren. I'm an asexual novelist, researcher, and bona fide comic book fanatic from the widest part of Southern California. Orange County. We're queer millennials with three kids and nearly 20 years of marriage. This is a podcast about the realities of blackness, adulting, and relationships. This is That Black Couple. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Do you know what today is? It's your anniversary. It's my Delta anniversary. It's my special day. <laughs> Happy Founders Day. Happy Founders Day to me. To you and all the devastating all the divas. devastating divas of DST. Of- <laughs> all my sororities of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Yeah. I love the musical stylings. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I'm excited. This is the first episode of the new year of 2023. We done with 2020, mm. 2021, and 2022. We said mm. bye, bitches. And it feels good. And it feels good. We said bye, bitches. Right? You know what I'm saying? 2023 about to be abundant. And it's going to be so juicy and mm. delicious. It's going to be like when you're in the summertime and you get a peach and that peach is perfectly ripe and you bite it and it's juicy and it, and it, it just drips, drip, you know, just it, all, 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 down, all down the, the sides. And, then, and you don't even wipe it off. You just be like, it's okay. Or you get that piece of watermelon and you got to bend over to eat it because it's just like it's pouring down your wrist. That's 2023. Perfectly ripe. That's what it is. Perfectly Perfectly ripe. ripe. Mm. Right for the picking. Yeah. This is season four, episode one of That Black Couple. Mm. That feels good to say too, doesn't it? Season four. We are talking about transforming black political futures today, which is a very vague title, but it's going to get real specific. Yes, it is. So let's talk about what you need to sit down and get. This is episode one, season four, That Black Couple. Please go grab... A nice glass of water. <laughs> we we are staying moisturized. Yes. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we are staying hydrated and moisturized all of 2023. We are not supposed to be having no drama and fallout and beef in our life because we are thirsty. I feel like a lot of the stuff that we go through, we go through because we're thirsty. Mm-hmm. We dehydrated. People who got the bubble guts. It's from a lack. A it's lack. a lack. Just thirsty. Pores all dried out, you know? We're thirsty. So, no thirst in 2023. Mm-hmm. We're moving from abundance. I'm with it. Yes. So, sit down. Get that. Okay? I'm Jen. I'm Darren. And before we get started, I need you to make sure you're following us on Twitter, even though Twitter... It's on the last leg. Wow. It's really just slowly dying mm. um and instagram at that blk couple on facebook at that black couple and email us or look us up on the internet at www.thatblackcouple.com and where can you find us you can find us everywhere 
everywhere podcasts are streamed. Oh my god, I, <laughs> is, this, is this a that, new year thing? That would mean. And where can we find us? Why are you asking yourself the question? That, I'm I'm embodying. Oh god. you know the newscaster. Let me drink me. my water. So that that would mean you can find us at Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on SoundCloud. Anywhere podcasts are streamed, you can find us. Darren, can they find us in a box? The Does the box stream podcasts? Yes. Then you can find us in that box. Can they find us with a fox? Does the fox stream podcasts? Yes. Then you can definitely find us with that fox. Can they find us in the rain? Well, I, I know I've listened to podcasts in the rain, so I'm pretty sure you can find us there. Can they find us on a train? Oh, and I everyone listens to the podcast on the train. That's actually one of the best places you could listen to that black couple on a train. Thank you, Darren. I am. Whew. <sighs> That's Appreciate good. you. I'm back now. I'm back now. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I wanted to go with you. You was doing a lot, and I wanted to do it too. You know, it was it was for the people. Yes. And I know they enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready? I am. All righty. Then let's go. Let's okay. Segment one. Let's talk about this because last year ended with a bang. Whew. Last year ended with a bang. We're talking about transforming Black political future, but we're really talking about where we came from and how we got here too. Mm-hmm. So, how do we get to this episode? Do you want to start? Or you want me to start? Um, I want you to start. Okay. So for me, um, I have to be completely honest. I'm a political scientist. I am trained to talk about politics all day. There have been times in my life where all I listened to was public radio and I would come home and just watch the news. Mm -hmm. And that's all I wanted to do. And it got to a point where I got so exhausted um, and fatigued over COVID that I had to stop. I had to completely unplug and remove myself because it was... Um, affecting me emotionally and mentally in ways that I wasn't even really aware of. And what that meant was there are a lot of things I just completely like missed intentionally, but it also meant like I got to cherry pick how I came back in. Yeah. And so last year I kind of was checked out a lot when it came to politics, but I was really interested in this election uh, because there was so much uh, contention over the past two elections and over issues that mattered to me, you know, we've talked about, you know, involuntary servitude, uh, AKA slavery, right. On the ballot abortion. We've talked about, uh, incarcerated folks from post incarcerated folks, um, being granted the right to vote in states across the country, the legalization across, um, the country of marijuana. Like we've talked about a lot of things that matter and I've been so disappointed and disillusioned with how folks handle it. But then like last year I was like, some feel a little bit different. Like coming into what they thought was going to be a red wave, mm. it just felt like like young folk, you know what I'm saying, that I teach, young folk that I organize with, I'm like, yeah, some feel different. And even the language and the ideas around like how we engage with voting as a tactic among many tactics, you know, the, the ideas that young folks 18, 19, and 20 have yep. about the power of their vote. Especially, especially voting locally and in smaller midterm elections, right? Like, was so promising to me. And and then niggas turned out. They did. They showed up. They showed up. And it was the young folk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we've been saying for so long. And it was, so, it was so refreshing to see it. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, the thing about it for me is... You know, going into the election, I was watching the news. Yeah, you was. You, I know you was, like, agnostic, but I was watching the news. 
And all the news was about trying to predict what's going to happen, who's going to vote which way, who's going to show up, who's not going to show up, who's going to get elected, who's not going to get elected, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone was trying to figure it out. And realistically, the story of the election was people's rights were in danger. Right. And they realized, if I don't vote, my rights go away. Right. And I hate that it, it takes getting to the brink like that for people to show up and say, okay, We've now crossed some right. lines. I need to, re, you know, assert some of my political power in this way. But I'm glad that it actually did happen. It yeah. proved that people are are aware and they are plugged in a little bit. And they do realize the importance of what their vote actually means for the lives, for their lives and for the lives of everyone else around them as well. Yeah, I mean, and I also think that, um, you know, there were the elections of particular um, political leaders that was exciting. You know, Wes Moore in Maryland, super exciting. They're queer, trans, immigrant, disabled folk across the country, uh, folks who have been raised in movements, mm-hmm. folks who have um, been directly affected by gun violence across the country who are now in political office and who can actually speak to the experiences of folks who are frequently not listened to or completely overlooked and erased. And I'm just so excited about the promise of that. I'm so excited about being able to see so much of our struggle come into being in such a real and material way. Yeah. And I think that's what brought me to the episode. That's that's a valid way to come into the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm kind of petty. Oh, God. <laughs> And and um, part of what brought me to the episode oh. was the hilariousness of the house, the hilarious of the house. So, yeah, if you know, if you're not plugged into the politics like I am, you know, you know, I watch it like it's entertainment because do. sometimes it is. And those kids are so sick of your shit. I, they hate it. They're like news. Oh. Mommy. ill. Daddy turned on the news. He did it again. Ill. Yuck. <laughs> But this was good <laughs> because, you know, the Republicans, you know, that red wave, it really wasn't a wave, but they did manage to, to gain control of the House, which mm-hmm. means, you know, they get to vote for the Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in, I think it was over 100 years, mm-hmm. they didn't vote in the Speaker on the first vote. Correct. Or, Mc- the, or the second. Or the second. Or the third. Or the third. Or the fourth. Or the sixth. Or the twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy was running, mm. and it took them 15 rounds of voting mm. for him to be elected. I mean, this is mm. this is so demoralizing. And he was wow. walking around all proud. I'm like, this is, you should be ashamed. That man said, today is a win. We said, sir, it's the exact opposite. You lost again today. So many people were like, he should just stop trying to get elected. At yeah. this point, once you hit 10, it's like, just, you don't want it no more. But how do you have to, it, 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 there's something about white manhood where you can you can encounter and experience two straight weeks of only loss. Just it, there's L. no other way to read what happened besides L. just loss. And you come out and you say, "Today was a win. Today, today I, was a win." I gave up everything. I'm I'm the speaker only in title only. Today was a win. <laughs> At any point, someone can say. Vote of no confidence. Let's vote to get him out White of the speaker. Male is strange. <laughs> We're all like, sir, sir, 
No, that's not what this was. You are losing. You're like, you're, you're the biggest loser. <laughs> Everyone's watching. How embarrassing. But, but honestly, like, like I said, that's what brought me to the episode. Yeah. Because to me, that was so emblematic of where we are, where we are, right? What you just talked about, like the, the results of all these elections. And then the, that, that comes off of the heels of it. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying we as a people are standing up for the things that we want. We're standing right. up for rights. We're standing up for equality. We're standing up for access. Right. We're standing up for women. We're standing up. You know, the uh, the other thing is like you talked about the red wave that again didn't really happen. It was a, it was a trickle. A drip, it was drip. it was a it was a splash. It was like a whoop, whoop, you know. Whoop, whoop. But also there was a rainbow wave, right? Mm. More queer people were elected to office nationwide than Which ever makes before sense, in history. Because millennials were the queerest generation in history. It makes and it, sense. And that's all I'm saying is like. I feel like I've been so downtrodden yeah. from <laughs> yeah. what's happening politically for so long. Yeah. And I came into this election with the lowest of hopes. Same. And I feel like America surprised me. Right. And I feel like, you know what that feels for me? Like a, a way back in. And mm-hmm. that, that makes me excited because I have been so disillusioned and not ready to come back. And now I'm like, okay, this might be a way back in. Yeah. This podcast is supported by generous donations from our patrons and listeners. Become a supporter today by heading to www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. You can stream the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. When you listen, please consider hitting that heart button, sharing, giving us a five-star rating, and leaving some dope comments. This helps us with our paid drinkings and gets more listeners for the show. Thank you so much. We are back. Did you make a face? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking to the left. I was. Would I get in trouble? Oh, you so high. <laughs> the high has hit. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> You would think we wouldn't be like this with with the topic of the episode today. But it's always lighthearted around here. You know that's that's how you got to keep it. You got to keep give us some data, Darren. I want to hear more about this election and what it means for Black political futures. Yeah, let's let's talk about where we're going. So yes. so thinking about this election, I got you know, I got the stats. Mm-hmm. I pull the stats. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. Mm-hmm. I talked to my therapist about it. It's a part of my personality. Don't start this. I talked to my therapist. I about did. Stuff. I did. I had a whole deep discussion you know what? with him Pause about it today. Too. Pause this too. What? Because, because I'm gonna punch you because today is your mama's birthday. I'm telling everybody. I'm telling everybody. I'm telling everybody. Listen, it is. It is only four o'clock. There. This woman is a perfect human being. My mother-in-law is that nigga. I love her. This boy right here. This dude. This. This dude right here, <laughs> he got the perfect mama. Why are you holding my hand he up got, for me? This guy got the perfect mama. I told him, I said, it's your mama's birthday. It's your mama's birthday. He going to say, you know, I'm talking to my therapist. <laughs> Why? Why are you going to bust he me gonna out say, <laughs> on the recording? And you know, and you know um, I don't really do birthdays. <laughs> and I'm accepting that about myself. I said, wait. You're going to tell me that you talked to your therapist and you're going to use that as justification for being a shithead? <laughs> Bitch, you better call your mama. I'm a caller. I'm a caller. You better, call you better tell my mother-in-law happy birthday. You better tell my... A, you better tell my mother-in-law. 
You you better tell my mother Happy Founders Day. You better tell my mama. And I can't talk to her till you talk to her because it looked well, bad. Because if her daughter in law <laughs> catch her before her son on her birthday, it looked bad. She know who she birthed. So you be Come delaying me. You she know be, you be, she know who I you is. You be making so I can't talk to the beloved of my life. Wow. My beloved mother in law. Wow. My beloved pro fight. Mm. My 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 beloved pro fight who crossed me across those burning sands. Okay? Oh, we're going to call her after this episode. Okay. Anyway, don't back start this. Our, don't start this. My back therapist to our told me. regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> you know, you know I don't play by my mother-in-law. My therapist I don't play by that told lady. me that's a part of my personality is who I am. Auntie Jackie, I love you, girl. I seek data and information. That's why I got the stats. You really got a great mom. I do. She's wonderful. She's, She's a so wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman. For real. For real. The best to ever do it. Jesus. Alright, we're talking about black political futures. Okay. Continue. Gosh, you're getting us off track. I'm sorry, I love her. I okay. love her. So, the vote this year. Yes. Everyone was worried. Oh no, what's gonna happen? Oh mm-hmm. no, oh no. Young people showed up and they showed out. They absolutely did. This is the second highest youth voter turnout mm-hmm. in the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mind you, mind you, mm-hmm. this was a midterm election mm-hmm. where turnout is typically incredibly low incredibly low i mean we already have pretty low turnout in this country usually midterms it's like oh no we got to really mobilize right. everyone because everyone's gonna stay at home right young people showed up at and the showed midterms out. at the midterms again that's really telling us where we're going in the future mm-hmm. people are aware they're watching mm-hmm. they're watching and they're mm-hmm. plugged in mm-hmm. um also the the things that they had to vote on were very very important absolutely abortion was a huge huge issue was it five states I don't know the number of states. I didn't pull that stat. It's about five states. I didn't pull that stat. But it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And about 27% about twenty seven percent of voters cited abortion as their most important issue mm-hmm. for what drove them to the polls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like wow. I like, mean, it, it makes on sense. On the heels of, of, of Roe v. Wade being thrown out mm-hmm. for people to say, no, 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 right. no. Right, right. No, 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 no. Right. It's amazing. Right. I mean, it's, it's it's amazing, but it's also important because I think what people were saying is that this is too far. You know, you know, we have a lot of rhetoric in this country. People like to do the political footballing back and forth and threats, but sometimes they take it too far. And I think that rolling back Roe v. Wade and so many years of precedent that have protected so many folks' rights, not just women, right? Folks with uteruses across genders and have made it safer for folks to be able to access care, right? Mm-hmm. Enough people know that now. This is it's 2022 when this vote happened, right? Yeah. So we have enough data. We have the Google. People know that these are life-saving procedures. And when we we had to encounter last summer this kind of like, deep rollback but this like also kind of like this incredulousness associated with it like ugh, you know this kind of like oh we told you we were gonna do it you yep. know yeah and i think the flipping attitude was what people were just like oh you don't actually care about us you don't yeah, care about our lives confidence in the supreme court is a is all time low, low as well right. so <laughs> right. that, again that tells you where we are right right poor Ketanji. uh i know but Bless she, your heart, she holding it down bless your heart girl but you know what else we voted on? Ooh, okay, Barry White. You know what else we voted on? What did we vote on, baby? We voted on we. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have not noticed anything, if we're being honest. You didn't notice that there were votes about weed legalization? I noticed the vote. I just noticed, didn't notice in my personal life because mm. 
I'm from Oakland. <laughs> but this is really important. <laughs> there were votes. There were votes in five states. Yes. About weed. Yes. Weed was legalized in two. Yes. It was rejected in three. Which, hey, okay. Maryland. You hey, know, Maryland. Maryland. I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not great. You know, it's less than 50% of the votes. Yeah. However, if we look at the overall tally, 21 states and D.C. now mm-hmm. have legalized recreational weed right we're not even talking about medical with your with your weed card right. you got to go to the doctor right and you got to go to the special dispensary we're talking about recreational right 21 states and dc right if you had told me 10 years ago no <laughs> you, right. i would not have believed you and it's so important when we start thinking about decriminalization and the fact that we're really trying to get folks out of prison for these minor marijuana associated offenses like yeah. it doesn't make sense um, folks need to be free, period. We know that once you incarcerate someone, that the the risk of them escalating and getting more charges or fees that keep them in prison, it just automatically, the, the statistical likelihood goes up. Yeah. So if folks are being uh, uh, kept in prisons for really small amounts of weed, right? Or shit, even if it was like a, a, a moderate size of weed, right? Yeah. It's legal now. Yeah. So we've got to actually like, have that conversation. I'm really excited about that conversation. I feel like people are not ready to have it yet um, because there's still this kind of like fear around like who do we consider a criminal? Who do we consider a deviant? Yeah. And it's still very, high, very highly racialized. But I do feel like uh, a lot of abolitionists and a lot of grassroots um, marijuana activists and, and advocates who are non-black, right? Who are non-immigrant who are non-assumed uh, deviant, right, are the ones who are leading the charge to say, please yeah. decriminalize this because actually we, we, you know, actively engage in these processes too. And we actually have more experience and knowledge than you do. So maybe you should just kind of listen to us. I mean, it's weird, but it's it's reminiscent of abortion to me. In, in a lot of ways, there's, there's still obviously millions and millions of opponents absolutely <laughs> to any type of abortion yeah no matter what the circumstance yeah. but there is movement there are people who are changing their mind there are people that are opening their mind there are people that are being personally impacted whether yeah. it's it's something that happens to them to their to someone that's a relative to a friend yeah you know and just starting to to not be closed-minded on certain issues yeah the same thing with weed you know people are just gradually Seeing, hey, this is not. It's like, not. The, this is the, not a hard drug. All the hype that was nineteen uh, eighties about crack and weed being the same. Yeah. Like we really got it, y'all. Yeah, and gotta, and I think I think part of it is because there are some legitimate drug issues. Sure. Right. There are you know drugs are a major issue. Sure. And I think a lot of people are seeing really incredibly disastrous effects for not just individuals but entire communities sure. due to drugs. Sure. And I think when you look up and you realize. None of that is weed related. Well, it's some uh, so some of it is right, and that's partly because of the fact that it's not legalized, right? Because right marijuana sales have largely been based on trust with like local growers and buyers and sales, and so when folks are now adding these synthetic additives exactly and all these things that incentivize buying, you know, at cheaper amounts, and but you know you can sustain larger um inventory for a longer period you know it 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 puts people in danger and so it's like you know 
the fear that people have around around marijuana is actually a lot a lot of it's self imposed. Exactly. You legalize it. Legalize it. It becomes something that is now Right. Regulate it. <laughs> Give people actual jobs. Right? Like it's just it's Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yep. And the last thing, mm-hmm. the last thing I want to talk about is the people that were elected. Yeah. Like we, we just talked about the rainbow wave and, and how Westmore. huge that was. Westmore, the first black governor mm-hmm. of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Maryland really showed. <laughs> Come on Shout now. Shout out to you, Maryland. Shout out, Maryland. Um, but also, there's some other ones, too. Um, so, Margaret Healy, a Democrat, mm-hmm. uh, was elected governor of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. the first openly lesbian governor anywhere mm-hmm. in the entire country. We also had Democrat uh, James Rosner, a bisexual transgender man, mm-hmm. elected to the New Hampshire House of Representatives, the first openly transgender man to win in any state legislature election. What? Ever. The first ever. Lord. First ever. We are so retrograde. We're so retrograde, but but it's it's honestly it's it's really kind of amazing to live in this time. Yeah, it watching, is. Watching watching these things happen because yeah. it's I know, but it's like we're we're literally watching the world change. We are watching the world change, and I do feel like it's great to be in a generation where we get to see that. Right, we're in a generation where it was like, oh, cell phones, oh, smartphones, yeah. oh, laptops, oh, like we just keep getting more shit. I'm excited about all the change. I also sometimes be like, bro, trans folks are not new. They're not new, but... but We are not. (laughs) It's not new, but I think it's one of those things where, like, like we talk about certain industries are always behind. Like, I work in market research. Mm. Market research is always behind. You work in political science. Political science is always behind. America's always behind. America's always behind, (laughs) right? You know, the political process is always behind. The whole, all of it. You know, it's because we're we're technically bringing in everybody, right? It's everybody. Exhausting. And so the fact that someone at a state level... Mm. As a trans man yeah. was elected, I hate it here. A plural, but I mean, just just think about that. A plurality of voters that doesn't surprise me. It's New Hampshire. It's New Hampshire, but I'm but but I'm just saying that that's representative. Even though it's sure. New Hampshire, you sure. know, it could be the most you know liberal area in the entire country. Sure. Still, the fact that a plurality of the voters voted for a trans person, yeah, is like okay. You're doing too much now. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, in in our <laughs> lifetime, like, in our lifetime, like, I don't want to give them too much credit. I'm not, I'm not giving it credit. I'm just saying the fact that it's actually happening. Sure. Like, I'm not like New Hampshire. You, you know. Well, sure. We're not gonna do all that. Spirit fingers. We're not gonna do all that. But I'm just saying, just to witness these things happening, while we're also watching so many people be persecuted and attacked, and mistreated and discriminated against, and all those things to say. In the midst of all that, <laughs> we still have the ability to elect <laughs> a trans person, to elect a black man as a governor, to elect to elect a black man as president. All I'm saying is, um, <laughs> I'm excited about it, but you know, I still am very, I'm always very leery of getting excited about white trans folks and their proximity to power. Um, you know, the white gays, the white gays really be on their own shit. The white trans folks really be on their own shit sometimes. So I'd be like, it's a real wait and see thing for me. Um, I think that a lot of white folks feel a lot more comfortable electing, uh, white queer and trans folk than they do having anything to do with anyone who looks remotely like us. Cis, het, trans, queer, disabled, immigrant, or otherwise. And you're not wrong. So. (laughs) 
But the point of all of that is to say, right, we're looking at a political future that yes, is changing. Absolutely. And in proof, again, that we can't we can change. And I feel like Barack Obama showed up and it was like hope and change. Whoa, we can change things. And, and then, then America said, ha, 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 don't get too comfortable with change. Yeah. We can change the other direction, too. Yeah. Right. But again, this proves that, you know, it might happen in spurts. We might, Absolutely. We might be two steps forward, 10 steps back. You know, it might, it might be. We might be dancing with, with the fox, you know. Wow. That might Abdul. be what the political world feels like at some times. Is that 1989? It's, it's aged. Wow. It's aged. It is very aged. Wow. <laughs> but <laughs> all I'm saying is, you know, overall, we are, we are making progress. And that feels good. I agree. You can find my mom and dad, a.k.a. That Black Couple, on the web at thatblackcouple.com. That Black Couple is owned and operated by Color Combos Media. If you would like to help fund our content, sign up at www.patreon.com slash colorcombosmedia. Please consider giving us $5 or $10 per month to help us build our platform and grow our organization. You can also give one-time donations at www.paypal.me slash colorcombosmedia. All donations are welcome. Good job in, in the, the city. city. Working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. Cause I was thinking about the way things might have been. Big wheels keep on turning. Proud Mary keep on burning. And we're rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling on a river, on the river. Well, that's a good job in the city, working for me every night. Yeah, I lost my business, and I'm out of work in my head. Big wheels keep on turning, turning. Burning, rolling, 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 rolling on a river. No, 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 rolling, 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 rolling on a river. Rolling on the river. Don't hit the equipment. Um. We back. We're back. <laughs> hey. Hi. Um, segment three. We here. Reflection. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think it, I think it's clear we're hopeful. Yes, we're feeling good. <laughs> we're feeling really. Twenty twenty three. I'm so excited feeling to right. be in this year, yo. I'm so excited <laughs> to be in this year. So, thinking about what's happening next, what we're hopeful about, right? Yes. Um, I I I I'm lucky that I get to work with uh, young black folk and that my work centers young black folk. So a lot of what happens politically, I'm not surprised about Um, because I'm in conversation with them about what they envision for their future. And I know that they're the future, right? So I've been talking to young people since 2014 who were like, bro, we're going to burn it down. (laughs) And they ain't playing. They were... (laughs) 
They weren't playing. They were like, we're going to get elected. We're going to just tur- dismantle everything. We're going to turn everything upside down. We're going to knock all this shit over. Abolition, revolution. And they weren't just talking. Like, and then they had social media to connect them. Like, they, like, bro, this is exactly what young folk were saying they were going to do. The little, little, you know, kids who were babies watching the movement for black lives, right? Who couldn't vote, who couldn't, who couldn't really get involved because they were too young. Mm -hmm. They're up, they're up. And those of us who started 10 years ago, we're, we're on our way to, to being mentors. A lot of those young folks are our children. You know what I'm saying? And I'm so excited because now they're coming into universities. I'm teaching these young people. And all they talk about is radical politics. There is no, <laughs> there is no centrism for them because they've watched it long enough. And they're like, yeah, we tried that. And being moderate doesn't keep us alive or safe. So we're going to have to do something really extreme. And I am elated that young people have um, acknowledged their own power to be able to say, this is what we're going to do. And then they actually are doing it. You know, when we invoked my mother, you know, one of the greatest that ever do it. Ever. It reminds me of one of the stories that she told me when she was growing up mm-hmm. is that you know, she watched the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. but she was just a little too young. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like she was just too young to actually go. Mm-hmm. And her older sister was able to like go to protests and things. And she said she was so upset because she was like, I wanted to go and I wanted to be there. And I couldn't go because I was just a little bit too young. And that's what this reminds me of. It's like mm. all those people that were maybe too young to participate or were young and were participating with their siblings or you know, they, they they grew up with yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, I think about what I grew up with. You know, I grew up with TLC and Aaliyah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I didn't have a mu- movement for black lives. I grew up with, like, yeah. gangster rap, right? Yeah. We had, that was kind of like what our movement for black lives was to say, look, this is what is happening in our lives. This is what our life looks like. Yeah. Right? Ima- imagine if that's what you grew up watching, if that's what was normal for you. Yeah. Yeah. The fight to say, hey, black lives matter. <laughs> and we're going to keep screaming it from the rooftops. Yeah. And then we're going to organize and we're going to tell you when we say Black Lives Matter, this is what it means and this is how right. it should show up. And how to quantify that. And then you grow up and then you become an adult and you have the power to vote. Right. And you can, you can now start to legislate And you've already that. got that language. Imagine having that language. Oh, yeah, you come up with that as language. As a child. That's wild. And you start to then figure out how how does that continue how right. do we continue to implement this i, didn't, and I, didn't, I don't think like i even understood like black queer feminism or black feminist theoretic uh precepts in earnest until i was like 30 mm-hmm. like i i was trying my best you know what i'm saying but like i wasn't in the literature i didn't have the language really until i was like 30 yeah you, you had to you had to go find it Ima- imagine being raised by millennial folk like us you know listen i'm looking at my kids like wow Right. Who <laughs> they say you, stuff back to me. And who I'm like, raised oh, you shit. To, to challenge gender, to challenge patriarchy, to challenge social constructs that make you feel uncomfortable in your body. So much so that they say, challenge me too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't belong to me as your parent either. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, that to me is so exciting. That to me is how you transform 
black political futures, right? It's just about realizing that we don't have to conform to any of this shit. We don't have to bend to fit any of this. And I feel like young black folk get it. They do. They're like, we don't have to write like you. We don't have to look like you. We don't have to sing like you. We don't have to walk, dress, act like you. Our gender doesn't have to look like something you understand, you know? But, but I mean, I would argue that's something that young black folk have always gotten through all the generations. I think young black but folk it, have always gotten it, but I don't think that the, the, I don't think that the environment has been safe or communal such that they could embody it together not, in, in not public. in this way yeah and i think that's the thing like i think i feel like black people we do have a legacy of culture making right and i think our legacy of culture making is built upon the fact that we are pushing back against whatever the norm is right we are always on the outside we are always at the fringes we are always challenging mm-hmm. and i feel like we as black people have always done that it's interesting like you're saying in this political moment to kind of see it so so fleshed out yes so robust yes so intellectualized right. so so self-aware yeah like it's it's beautiful it's gorgeous bro i think it's amazing and i think when i think about this as a parent right being at this intersection where like you can even think about like these um these like famous movie star parents right like i think about the weights mm-hmm. right um and the publicness of gabrielle union working through um, her reproductive health and what that felt like for her and then them having this child and it being this amazing, beautiful child who has her own personality. Zaya sharing her life with us and watching Dwayne Wade, who we all, I think, appreciated and respected, mm-hmm. but who who has really, I feel like, shown a lot of Black fathers how to support trans kids, right? Something yeah. that we don't actually have healthy examples of really we don't have it right no we're in a moment where we're watching even like the smiths the pinkett smiths navigate immense like cultural stress at different times in their relationships yes and weather the storm but then also raise these deeply artistic and like futuristic children right these children independent independent who, who are their own human beings right and that's not usual Right, even in the the the, the mega star, famous superstar stars of the world, usually their children are just extensions of themselves, right? Yeah. But I look a lot like. Let me do this again. But I look at like Northwest, right? That yeah. child is doing some things with gender and her her body and the way she presents. A lot of these kids that come from that generation are, you know, in the limelight are very like gender queer and non normative. You know what I'm saying? And they play with those things. And I'm just like, well, y'all, y'all, y'all flexing your muscles. And I'll look at my own son who will wear a dangly earring to a, 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 a prom or a dance. And that boy came in the house and had that on today. It was just a random Friday. He had mm-hmm. on, he had on uh, army fatigue type clothes and a dangly earring. Cause that's what he wanted to wear. That's what he wanted to wear. Cause he likes it. And I remember our, our other son, I remember we bought this sweater mm-hmm. for our daughter. The unicorn. This, this, yeah, this gray sweater, sweater had pink arms on it mm-hmm. with a big old unicorn on the front. With rainbow hair. Rainbow hair was, you know, just. Glitter. Whew, you know, glitter shine, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, I want that. That's cute. And we said, okay, okay. we'll buy you one too. And they they, they were twins. They <laughs> Wonder twins. <laughs> they were wearing the sweaters together. Yes. And he would, I remember, I, I remember 
I sent him to school and he worked one day and I was I was so petrified because mm. I was like I really hope he doesn't go to school and somebody and say some, some, yeah. someone say something or do something or yeah you know, what and not even just the kids the adults too yeah. like just so yeah. concerned it's usually adults and he came home and I remember I was like I was so anxious like oh I hope he doesn't come in and say mm. and he just walked in the house like it was like it was mm-hmm. Tuesday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I realized wow okay yeah. it's different you holding on to some shit that's not even yeah it's not it's, the same no exactly more. it's different now like this baby has one of his nails painted since he was a baby like mm-hmm. you know he even our oldest I remember we were at uh, Sephora and he was like I want to try that highlighter and I was like on your face and he was like yeah I want to see okay son here you go we put the highlighter it's Rihanna's on. it's called <laughs> it's called trophy wife <laughs> it looks good on your skin tone <laughs> you know and I just, I'm really excited for what young black folk are doing. I'm excited for their creativity. I'm excited for their, their freedom, their self-belief. I'm excited for their, the way that they, they have confidence in themselves. Their, the way that they affirm themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they've learned so many lessons that it took us so long to get. You know, I just am in awe of like young black, like especially young black queer folk. Yeah. I'd be like, ooh, y'all so cool. Like, y'all, I want to be y'all auntie. I want to be everybody <laughs> queer auntie. That's all I want to do. I just want to be everybody queer auntie. Because I just, I think, I, y'all are my nibblings and nieces and nephews. I just think y'all so cool. That's all. That's all you want? That's it? That's it. I just really want to spend this whole year like, y'all so cool. I don't got no drama. Drama free. Hashtag drama free. Drama free 2023. Hashtag gay auntie. That's my hashtags this year. <laughs> Hashtag drama free. Hashtag gay auntie. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for what's in store. Thank y'all for listening. Before you go, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at that BLK couple, on Facebook at that black couple, and look us up on the internet at www. Dot that black couple dot com. Bye.